Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. and sicko defense tiers for week three of fantasy football. Hayden Winks, these are your rankings. You can find them in the fantasy blueprint that is linked in the description down below or right here. So beautiful, so wonderful. Um, Hayden, here we go. Let's kick it off with quarterbacks this week. And at least for me, when I try to outline what I believe your rankings and tiers should look like, these are the four that come to mind that could potentially be the quarterback one overall this week. Patrick Mahomes against the Chicago Bears, Lamar Jackson against the Indianapolis Colts, Jalen Hurts at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Josh Allen at the Washington Commanders. I refuse to talk about Patrick Mahomes playing the Bears or projected for 30 points. We know what to do with him. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I thought he looked pretty good last week. It seems even though they had the two guys missing on the offensive line when they have like Mark Andrews sitting underneath and now they have like vertical playmakers. It was Zay flowers last week. I still think that Rashad and Odell, if he's healthy can win downfield. I do think that the Ravens are going to really start to click. And I think that we keep talking about it. The Colts secondary, I think is going to be one that we're going to want to target. So I feel very good about Lamar Jackson right now. Yeah. Quick one on there. 26 and a half points. The Ravens are expected to score seven and a half point favorites. However, so far through two games, he has only been the quarterback 22 and the quarterback nine. So people who drafted him have been a little disappointed. This should be the best spot and the best matchup of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. They've lost like legitimately four starters in the secondary this week. So even if Odell is out, I think that's totally fine. You just need Mark Andrews with a combination of their current wide receivers. And also now that Justice Hill is out of there too. We can even see them pass the ball a little bit more than we saw in the first couple of weeks. Jalen Hurts got home last week with two tush pushes, as we saw. Um, offense just hasn't, though, been as smooth under Brian Johnson as it was with Shane Steichen through all of last season. But hey, things take time to gel. And as we saw last week with the Philadelphia Eagles, when things aren't going according to plan, passing the football, they just revert to, I don't know, an entire quarter, two whole drives of just running the football. Yeah, and big plays. We saw Devontae Smith get deep as well. But right now, Philadelphia, 32nd in passing success rate. 32nd. So something to monitor here. I think the Bucs defense is like extremely average. They were 18th against fantasy quarterbacks last year. They're missing a couple of guys from the their peak uh, on the defense. I think it's a neutral situation. So I'm hoping that Jalen Hurts can get back on track here. A little bit of a squeaky na- a squeaky wheel with A.J. Brown in particular. Also want to discuss Josh Allen because you and I were talking about it before we hit record. Through two weeks, Josh Allen has 42 completions on throws within five yards at the line of scrimmage. That is the most in the NFL. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's the two tight end looks. It's also they're throwing the ball to their running backs a little bit more than they have historically. Uh, but yeah, it's a career low 6.6 A dot for Josh Allen. And I think that it that could continue this week a little bit because hmm. the commanders had four of the top 15 in total pressures last week. Trace Young, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Those are some absolute freaks on the defensive line. Um, but I, 
we are, are going to be monitoring Dawson Knox status. They could go to more three wide receiver sets, but in either way, we know what Josh Allen's going to do. And he's also going to continue running. I will say offenses have done better on vertical routes versus the Washington commanders than these shorter passes. So we still understand that the arm is there, but I'm with you when you bring in Dalton Kincaid, when you bring in Deontay Hardy, who's more of a yards after catch threat right now underneath mm-hmm. versus he has some vertical ability that hasn't been unleashed as of this time. And James Cook, it makes sense why you want to dump it off. Okay, here we go. We'll start in tier two. And for you this week, that is Justin Herbert at the Minnesota Vikings, 27 points implied total for the Chargers. Uh, and it is a pick right now. Yeah, right now it's Vikings Chargers by far the highest uh, over under on the week at 54 points. Um, neither of these secondaries are very good. I think that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are in for humongous games against the Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins on the other side is going to be able to move the ball against J.C. Jackson and the miscommunication that Los Angeles has on defense. So Austin Eckler does not look like he's going to play this week either uh, because of that ankle injury. So I think that the Chargers are going to continue to lean into the pass game as we saw last week. Though, Minnesota, I think, is bad on both. They can't stop the run and they can't stop the pass. Like this game theory they were trying to play with Kellen Moore, like which way are they going to win? Like you can win either way. So I'm guessing they're going to say, Screw it. Let's put the ball into Justin Herbert's hand. By the way, just because they're 0-2 does not mean that Justin Herbert is not playing well. In the right. overtime, there's a couple plays where I wanted him to like just scramble or create some time and make a play. But at the same exact time, uh, the Vi- or the uh, Chargers are fifth in EPA and third in success rate. So don't blame Justin Herbert. Don't blame the offensive line. Don't blame the skill players. It's all the defense right now. Yeah, I mean, he's been the quarterback four and the quarterback 10 uh, in the opening two weeks. I will add... Last week's 10.8 air yards per attempt was the third highest of his career. Uh, Minnesota has done a decent job at preventing 10-plus yard completions. They've just allowed six, but two of those six went for long touchdowns. Um, Brian Flores, as we've talked about, this Vikings defense is like really hit or miss when it comes to talent. And so at least if I'm putting myself in – Kevin O'Connell shoes. He's saying, well, Brian Flores at least brings exotic blitzes to the table. But at times, if the Chargers, you know, can block it up front, which they haven't been that great at pass protection this year. But if they if they can, you know, stand five O's and five versus five, then we know Herbert can make it count down the field. Yeah, I believe Brian Flores once again, first in blitz rate. Yeah, forty nine point three percent. Let's wow. right now. Okay. On the opposite end, that is Kirk Cousins as your quarterback six this week. Totally love it. Again, 27 points implied for the Vikings to score right now. Yeah, right now the Chargers are dead last in EPA allowed on defense. Kirk Cousins is second in passing yards and first in passing touchdowns are tied for first. And like I said, it's it's a communication issue, it's a talent issue, it's a linebacker's issue. Uh, like you said in the Slack, like When's the last time you heard somebody mention Khalil Mack? That is like something. Joey Bosa is really good, but like you're just not getting like the supers. Like even Derwin James. Derwin James is still really good, but like it hasn't mattered at all. Right, right. It it's really is crazy because we went through that phase of Khalil Mack's career when he went from like the Raiders and the Bears, and he was considered like an elite player. And now you just never hear about him on a week to week basis. I, I really don't remember a week when Cleo Mack did something special. And I'm sure there is something. Don't mm-hmm. hate me, Cleo. But um, that like changed the course of a game. Yeah. And maybe that's a Brandon Saley thing. Like these superstars are not isolated on this defense to like stand out and make plays. Yep. And 
we're going to keep reiterating the point. O'Connell wants to pass the ball. Currently, the Vikings are first in neutral pass rate, 67%, way more than even the Bills and the Chiefs, who are second and third in that metric. And that Cam Akers trade, uh, it was for uh, a conditional <laughs> pick three years in the future, like literally right. could not be lower. He has had like 500 scrimmage yards. Like the Cam Akers trade, do not think that's going to matter to this offense. Literally 0%. Kirk Cousins, 344 and 364 yards with six passing touchdowns in the opening two weeks. Ryan Tannehill against this defense last week, five of six passes for 161 yards on throws, 10 or more yards down the field. Um, we mentioned it too, and this will come out in our wide receiver tiers video tomorrow on Friday. Uh, this bump week, this little week that has a few extra days because they played mm -hmm. on Thursday. It could be a perfect time for Jordan Addison to come in here on two wide receiver sets, and that would allow even more downfield options in, you know, two tight end personnel groupings that the Vikings might play with at times. Tua Tungavailoa is your quarterback seven. Now, Tua has been playing great. This Miami Dolphins offense has been fantastic, but I think it shows you the dichotomy that Tua brings to the table when, since he doesn't offer a rushing ability here because he was quarterback one overall, Scorched it in week one. Then this past weekend, he was quarterback 26 with 12.3 right. points. Yeah, the Broncos have not been good so far. They are 29th in EPA allowed, 22nd in success rate, 27th in pass rush win rate because they've lost some guys. And they lost their defensive coordinator, which, by the way, I think is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league for the Broncos. So they're not the same. They're also missing potentially three starters. We're tracking the injury reports for Denver. So it's not the same exact unit as it once was. With that said, Jalen Waddle has been the concussion protocol. Does not look like he's going to play this week. And because right. Tua doesn't run, even though the Broncos are projected to score a bunch of points, I'm going to go to the game environment that I like more in Herbert and Kirk Cousins facing each other rather than like trying to get like Russell Wilson to continue on. It's been all deep balls for Russell Wilson. Nothing very consistent play. So I think that will come back to earth. So I'll just lean in favor of the game environment with the other two guys. Totally. And the Broncos have allowed Jimmy Garoppolo to get 15 points, Sam Howell to get 21.3 points last week. Yeah, I I'm excited to see what this team does. I mean, obviously, Jalen Waddle is the Robin to Tyree Kill's Batman, but I'm always interested to see how defenses try to play Tyree Kill now, specifically just him and not really the rest of the passing offense. And they have Sertan, so like they have right. a chance to somewhat slow this down as much as you can. Okay, Trevor Lawrence here is your quarterback eight. 9.2 points for Trevor Lawrence last week, but now he's a home favorite by nine and a half points with the Jacksonville Jaguars expect score just under 27 points. So we had some news. Texans cornerback one, Derek Stingley, is probably going to be out a couple weeks, maybe go to the IR because of a hamstring is issue. And then Jalen Petrie, their safety, a young up-and-coming player, he was a DNP on Wednesday. So all of a sudden this Texans kind of feisty defense, uh, which by the way, they're still 22nd in EPA 19 in success rate against the pass. Uh, they could be missing two of their, maybe what three best defensive players. Um, so that would be good news for Calvin Ridley and obviously Trevor Lawrence are projected for a ton of points here. So like you can make the same exact argument that we made with right. Kirk cousins to uh, Trevor Lawrence. It's basically the same exact thing uh, for all of them. Third downs have been an issue for the Jaguar so far, specifically Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he was four of nine for 18 yards on third downs last week. And then he was three of six for 23 yards in week one. So, hey, maybe Doug Peterson should take over play calling on third downs, potentially. By the way, we keep talking about implied team totals. I always want to reiterate this for right. our new viewers on these. 
all that you do is you let's see if I do this correctly, Hayden. Look at the you chart. Take, you take <laughs> you take the uh, over under of points scored for an individual game, right? And then for you split that in half in terms of the spread, and then you give the team that is favored that is expected to win those points, and then you subtract that to the underdogs on that. So basically it gives you a projected team total that the team is supposed to score each week. Thanks to Vegas. It's science. There we go. And it's really important. Like Mm -hmm. when you're looking to stream quarterbacks, the formula that we always use are home favorites expected to score 24 points. Um, It's really that simple. (laughs) And if you hate my rankings, you can go put some money on it because my rankings are heavily involved with, what the betting market's thinking about these offenses, especially at the quarterback position. Yes. Okay. Quarterback nine is Dak Prescott. He faced the Arizona Cardinals. The Cowboys are 12 and a half point favorites. Uh, expect score 27 and a half points. Yeah. So this really just comes down to will the Cowboys defense score the touchdowns or will the offense <laughs> score the touchdowns? And so far it's been a lot, a bunch of Tony Pollard in the red area. Dak Prescott still projects very well, by the way, Arizona Cardinals defense, they lost a lot of talent in the offseason. They were already really suspect last year. They were 25th against fantasy quarterbacks. And then what do they do just recently? They put Buda Baker uh, on to injured reserve. So, like, they basically – you can't even, like, name a starter uh, in the Cardinals uh, right now. So, it's it's as bad as you get. It just really comes down to how much are the Cowboys going to have to actually pass the ball. I will say, small sample size. They've been blowing out every team they face so far. But they are – 53% neutral pass rate. That's 12th in the league. Right. Uh, so I think he's fine. I mean, last week is a perfect example. Dallas gave up seven points and Dak Prescott still threw the ball 38 times. So wow. again, as you said, this team's expected were 27 plus points. If they get that, almost certainly a large chunk, if not all of it, is coming from that offense. Mm-hmm. And unless it's Tony Pollard scoring four rushing touchdowns, that, mean da- that means Dak Prescott had a uh, heavy hand in putting those points on the scoreboard. And just because you brought up the implied point total, there is – look at look at this divergence between the good teams and then the bad teams. And this also plays per game. Like These are the quarterbacks you want. Once we start getting into this tier, there is a lot of fantasy points – being different so uh this is kind of the tier break for me so far okay um we are going to skip a tier but before we do i want to outline and mention that these tiers are taking into consideration that anthony richardson is probably not going to play this week due to a concussion Mm -hmm. that is not confirmed at the time of this recording but he certainly most likely would be ranked among your top 10 quarterbacks if he would be correct correct yeah he just has not practiced through thursday yeah and bryce young would not factor into that, but we just got word that Bryce Young will not be playing this week either. Okay. Your quarterback 10, I believe now is Jared Goff. Is this correct? Okay. Jared Goff facing off against the Atlanta Falcons. Once again, home favorites by three and a half expect to score 25 points. And I think they might have to pass the ball a little bit more than they otherwise would because David Montgomery looks like he's not going to play this week. And I just don't think that they're going to run the ball as much with like Craig Reynolds versus David Montgomery. Um, so I think you might get some more cheap yards out of Jameer Gibbs checkdowns and design stuff. Monroe St. Brown returned to practice on Thursday. I will say the Falcons defense is not the same defense that we were picking on earlier just because they run out the clock on offense because they are so successful on the ground. And also they have like AJ Terrell and Jesse Bates. They're getting somewhat of a pass rush right now. Like it's not the same Falcons. So 
Uh, that's why he's not in the tier above, even though Detroit's projected for around 25 points, which is still rock solid. Um, but I just I'm not going to like look at the chart like I'm pulling up right now and like say like, oh, the Falcons were 29th against uh, the pass last year. Like they were 31st in sack rate. I just don't think that those metrics from last season will remain the same this year. Okay. Your quarterback 11 is Justin Fields. And this is tough to stomach because he was the quarterback 16 in week one. He was the quarterback 21 in week two. And again, if we look at the projected totals, it's just about 17 and a half points and they are 12 and a half point underdogs. I will say what we heard from this team is, and Justin Fields specifically, that he wants to think less right. and play more. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? I think that's what needed to be said. And I'm hoping the coaching staff allows him to, you know, run the ball. I was looking at it. He has four design carries through two games. That's just like unacceptable. And he averaged uh, six per last year. Right, and it took a little bit of time for him to get the run game going, and then once he did, he started ripping it off. Now, when you're trailing by this many points, you do scramble a little bit more, and I think that's part of the reason why last year the Chiefs were second worst against fantasy quarterbacks. Um, So I hope that Justin Fields will actually run around this week uh, because it's been like literally a national storyline across the NFL. Um, So it's a tough ranking because I know Chris Jones is going to make Justin yeah. Fields panic under and pressure. backup offensive linemen. It's backup offensive linemen. The Chiefs have young uh, pass rushers on the on the perimeter too now, so it's not going to be fun for Justin Fields. I will say this: What do you say? He was like the quarterback sixteen and twenty one or whatever the last two weeks. Yeah, that was with him playing the worst, like the worst football in the NFL, and he was still at least getting you that. So if if they can fix a little bit of the issues, that's how you can get him into this tier pretty easily. Like literally the worst quarterbacking in offensive game plan in the entire league. It was still in the quarterback two mix. That's just what happens when you're able to run the ball a little bit. You know, Rich Rebar of sharp football analysis pointed this out against the blitz. Justin Fields is 13 of 19 this year when he has not been blitzed. He's 27 of 47 with three interceptions. Steve Spagnuolo loves to blitz. Everyone saw it in week one against the Detroit lions and, sending those Mike backers down the throat of, you know, running backs and offensive linemen. So I'll be fascinated to see if he continues that or if he's just like, mm-hmm. oh, Chris Jones and George Karloftis and et cetera can probably just get home and let it rip. And now we just sit off and yeah. force Justin Fields to make mistakes or not throw to open wide receivers down. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow ranks as your quarterback 12. Rough week. I mean, quarterback 22 and quarterback 21. Uh, the Rams defense has allowed to Geno Smith and Brock Purdy. So, like, if you were looking on the schedule prior to the season, you would think that, hey, Joe Burrow against this awful Rams defense, this is a time potentially for a get-right spot. But the Rams defense hasn't been nearly as awful as we all predicted. Yeah, that's what coaching does, but I, I don't think that's going to hold up over the entire course of the season or otherwise Sean McVay is going to run away with coach of the year. Uh, the reason why I have Joe Burrow ranked this low is just because there's uncertainty. Like this is a, a Sunday morning show. Once we get more clarity on where he's at, he seems legitimately questionable to play. He's wearing a sleeve in practice. They're trying to figure out if they actually want to push him or not here. Uh, their own too. He has not played well. I think a lot of this does go on Joe Burrow. He just hasn't been the same quarterback through two weeks, but I do think a lot of that's calf related. And I don't think that the calves all of a sudden get better this week. So I'm just waiting for more news with Joe Burrow right now. Next up, Brock Purdy, Thursday Night Football against the New York Giants. Um, Ten and a half point home favorites here. Twenty-seven and a half implied team total. Uh, most likely, I mean, it's a game-time decision. But Brandon Ayuk is, again, a true game-time decision. Right. 
Brock Purdy has finished higher than quarterback 10 just twice over his seven regular season starts. But at the same time, he is super consistent and like never bottoms out. Yeah, and the 49ers projected for a ton of points, 27. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Purdy doesn't run that much. He might find the end zone because they're always in the red area. But uh, he's only averaging 2.1 scores per game, 228 passing yards. So even when they're projected for all these points, like a lot of it's like you get Christian McCaffrey gets his, Debo Samuel is it live for a couple of rushes. Maybe Elijah Mitchell gets going in this game. I guess like one thing I'm trying to factor in is like if you had Purdy or and Joe Burrow, like would you start Purdy here uh, before we know about Joe Burrow? Um, but that's like really like the only thing. This is like where he belongs. It's just hard for yeah. Brock Purdy, kind of like Tua to get too much higher than this, even though we love the offense because he's not bringing that much with his legs. And we know, not like Tua, Christian McCaffrey's getting 100 yards and a touchdown by himself. Since in our wide receiver rankings, we do not talk about the Thursday night wide receivers that were involved. I do want to have a quick conversation about Debo Samuel. Here right. are his projections in the Pickham lobby, just four and a half receptions, 54 and a half receiving yards. We know that Wink Martindale loves to send heat, loves to send pressure. I mean, even the 38 and a half yards after the catch, I can totally see Brock recognizing, hey, I'm getting heat from this side. Let's audible into a screen to Debo and him taking just two to get to 38 and a half yards after the catch. Yeah, I first of all, I'm I love that we have targets and yards after the catch and first yeah. downs in the pick and yeah. lobby like that's outrageous stuff that we can go over. Um, and if we're pulling up my receiving charts this is an eruption spot for yep. Debo Samuel I think that he looks really good Brandon Ayuk this would make sense if they just sat Brandon Ayuk he went DNP limited limited but we'll learn that later on I would be loving to start Debo Samuel he's in my top 12 wider suit wide receivers assuming Ayuk is not fully active out there so this is a great matchup for him the link for the pick and lobby is in the description down below. I am matching our first deposit up to $100 right now. And we are once again giving away $100,000 this weekend, not just this channel, <laughs> the entire company. That'd be wild if we get to that one point. day. Uh, but all you have to do, all you have to do is use Tyreek Hill. I'll pull it up here right now in a pick card and you don't even have to win. <laughs> you can take as higher or lower and just 10 random people are going to be chosen for $10,000. Yeah. And cool that, company. It's really easy to play. Like it cannot be easier to play than that. The, <laughs> the dollar amounts will change on a week by week basis, but we plan on running this every single week this year. So make sure to check the pick them lobby to see if there's specials at the top of the lobby. Yeah, definitely. Have you ever been on vacation? After a long day of activities or sightseeing, you have a night in room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals slash underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. 
you heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Definitely. Okay, here we go. Let's get back to your quarterback rankings because next it is uh, Geno Smith as quarterback 15. And Geno faced the Carolina Panthers. Uh, again, we just got news that Brock Purdy is not, or, excuse me, that Bryce Young is not going to play in the opposite end. But despite that, Geno and the Seahawks team was already favored by six points with a team total of 24. And very similar to your, like, I don't view Jared Goff and Geno Smith different really at all. So this is like, you can kind of pick your poison with all of them. Uh, I think the Panthers defense uh, is, I think, solid enough. You know, like, I think that they're going to well, be they more Right. I, I think that that might be the biggest concern here because when yeah. I was looking through some of these notes without being pressured, Geno Smith was 25 of 29 for 262 yards. But when he was pressured, that has gone down a lot versus last year. And, you know, you get Brian Burns, who's playing great as a one on one player. You obviously got Derek Brown up the middle and then you get Frankie Louvu, like confusing all these offensive linemen and twisting and stunting and do all this stuff and scraping over. So. You know, Gino might get sacked three or four times this week, but right. I mean, it's still it's Gino time. It's Gino yeah. time this week. Is this the next tier or is it the same tier? Where do you want to put Deshaun Watson? I guess the same tier just okay. because it's the Titans defense, man. We know what's going to happen here. We've talked about it all season long. Every single team that faces the Titans passes the ball. And for Deshaun Watson, that hasn't been a good thing, but. He is live to scramble, and I do think that will be a part of the game plan. We should obviously expect the Browns to pass way more without Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, uh, David Njoku, Elijah Moore, uh, TPJ. I think that's more than enough. I will note the Titans are getting back uh, a corner and a safety that they didn't have last week. Deshaun has been awful. Just to reiterate, put some numbers on this. 31st in passing EPA per dropback through the first two weeks last year. Uh, they were 25th from week 13 on when he was starting out there. Um, so, I mean, it's been as bad as you can possibly make it. His time to throw, his pressure to sack rate are still way above what they were in Houston. The only difference and the only saving grace I can have is last year when he was holding onto the ball, he was checking the ball down. We've seen Deshaun Watson. It's now over 10 yards uh, uh, on his attempts uh, downfield. So maybe you're getting some splash plays from him, but we haven't seen any signs of that. It's almost just like kind of wish casting based off of the uh, just game script and the matchup. Only one quarterback has a completion rate worse than Deshaun Watson's 55% right now. That's Zach Wilson. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was bracing for what quarterback <laughs> that was going to be. I should have known Zach Wilson. Uh, and you know, we got really good rushing in week one, 45 yards, just 22 yards this past week. But yeah, as you said, 305 passing yards, the Titans have allowed to Derek Carr and Justin Herbert so far. This is, I mean, I don't want to say this every single week. And we said it with, you know, Alexander Madison on the running back side with the matchup that he has, but this is a make or break week for Deshaun Watson, you know? Like show to us keep something him here, this year, sure, yeah, yeah. keep him up here. Just, and it's kind of the opposite for your next guy, quarterback sixteen. It's Matthew Stafford because despite being like an amazing real life quarterback, Matthew Stafford has opened the season as the quarterback seventeen and then the quarterback twenty three the last two weeks. I know he's played lights out. I will say it's a much easier matchup. Uh, Bengals defense, I do not think is going to be as good as it was. I'm hoping Joe Burrow is able to play. So this game has a little bit of kind of like sloppy shootout potential. Um, but really Matthew Stafford's been unlucky because he I think only has only one passing touchdown, but he has a bunch of yards. So if that evens out over the course of the season, I don't think there's any reason why the Rams would all of a sudden just like run the ball in the red zone. I just think that that will end up evening out. So really just went back to it. 
Vegas implies the Rams to score 20.5 points, which is just like a half touchdown less than like your Jared Goff type. So I'm kind of sticking with that, but I'm going to be attacking this Bengals defense. I, I just don't think that they're as good as they were last year. Your next two quarterbacks, 17 and 18. Jordan Love against the New Orleans Saints. They're favored by two points in that game. Yeah. And Russell Wilson against the Miami Dolphins, 21-point total for the Denver Broncos right now. Underdog Fancy Pick'em Lobby does not like Russell, uh, only at 15.1 fancy points, but Daigle's mentioned it every single time. Oh. Since, since Russ has lost Hackett, he's been like kind of averaging this like quarterback 11-ish area. I know it was because of the deep ball last week in particular, but like, that's kind of his MO. So I'm kind of fading the pick and lobby and I'm ranking him a little bit higher than what like the projection looks like. I mean, it's a tiny little sample, but of the first two weeks, he has been the quarterback 12 and then the quarterback three overall. I know. Did I move him <laughs> up even more than this? I, I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think Miami's defense has some dudes on it too. So, I mean, it's, it's if the deep ball hits or not, basically. Like, it's if the deep ball hits or not. Because last week, he was 6 of 10 for 212 yards and those two touchdown passes on 10 or more yards. Um, and then everything below that, like, on um, throws under 10 yards on the field, he's been 12 of 22 for 96 right. yards. It's what he's been his whole career. Uh, helpful that Jerry Judy's back probably to full health this week. So um, I'm, I'm debating moving Russell up a little bit more. Daniel Jones... Quarterback 19, Baker Mayfield against the Philadelphia Eagles as quarterback 20, and then Derek Carr as quarterback 21 against the Green Bay Packers. So, Deion Jones plays tonight without Saquon. Andrew Thomas is left tackle, a guard Ben Bredesen. It's as tough as you could possibly make it. Vegas does not believe in them at all. Bottom five points. Um, and then Baker Mayfield, you you tell me about him. You just did a full scheme episode on him. What, what, what was your big takeaways? I mean, if you look at, again, small sample, but the best quarterback against pressure in the NFL, it's Baker Mayfield. He's completing 71% of his passes. If you look at the best passer on third downs, it's Baker Mayfield completing like 87% of his passes. Uh, now he's faced the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears over the first two weeks. Right. Now he gets the Philadelphia Eagles. But what offensive coordinators you can see right there, Dave Canales is doing so well, is giving him pre-snap questions with you know motions and shifts and so you can figure out if it's man or zone and then that gives him post-snap answers so if he sees or they, if they rotate safeties he knows exactly where to go with the football and then it helps that mike evans is just balling tf out yes, right now yeah way way different matchup but also those two metrics that you talked about pressure rate third downs like literally the most notorious metrics in what regresses first is like your ability to win <laughs> under pressure and then the third down stuff so hey there's a reason why we wanted to do that video this early, early. on for the baker sans that's happening at the moment because mm -hmm. just from watching those games it's definitely going to come crashing down to earth like again he's been picked off in the first throw against the chicago bears he's had about four sacks where he's been wrapped up by shoulder pads that he somehow escaped but again Against pressure, which Baker typically is awful at, Doubles, yeah. these are absolutely the two best games of his career consecutively. Mm -hmm. And I give credit to the guy who was also Junior Smith's quarterbacks coach last year. And I'm going to keep giving credit to Mike Evans. Even if Baker Mayfield yeah. regresses statistically, I think that Mike Evans could be like a legit wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver three this year. Okay, Sam Howell is next for you. Um, a little disrespectful, to be honest. As your quarterback 22, because through two weeks, Sam Howell's quarterback 12 and quarterback 13. 
Yeah, I can move them up. Just Vegas just keeps disrespecting them, so don't yell at me. Go uh, place a bet on the Commanders. They're projected for 18.5 points here. I know that Sam Howell creates a little bit. Uh, I need to go back and watch this previous game. Everyone keeps telling me that there's the deep ball. I watched Terry McLaurin's footage. I can't confirm that McLaurin made a hell of a catch in the end zone. But, um, yeah, I, I can move them up. No, but you're right. I mean, if we take it in consideration what Vegas thinks about their game against the Buffalo Bills, at home, they are six-and-a-half-point underdogs, expect to score fewer than 19 points. I know it's tough. So it's tough. Okay. Let's put Jimmy Garoppolo, the last one in this tier, or maybe the next tier. This is the next tier. Uh, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Can he pick it? And then let's have this conversation about CJ Stroud before we get into everyone else. Pick one of these that you want to talk about. Well, I guess CJ Stroud is the most interesting. Um, I think if you were starting any of these guys, your team's pretty screwed up, but uh, CJ Stroud quarterback nine in clean pockets and yards per attempt. He's probably going to get Larry McTunzel back, which is good news. Tank Dell, I think being in the lineup over Noah Brown is a good thing now that Noah Brown is on injured reserve. Um, and I think Nico Collins has taken a step as like a legit X receiver. It's like they have the foundation of being a frisky offense, especially now that their secondary is all disjointed because of injuries. Like I think that CJ Stroud, like you don't like garbage time. I'm not necessarily a huge garbage time guy either, but like this is like functional. This is a different one. It yeah. looks it looks like real NFL play even if it is against uh, prevent. And I think that this pressure rate stuff and the offensive line issues will get a little bit better as CJ Stroud learns of, of what the pocket is in the NFL. And also like getting, you know, Larry Tunsil back probably helps a lot. So 44% of his passing yards are in fourth quarters right now, mm -hmm. which highlights your functional garbage time statistic. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm with you and, they're not making it easy on him. C.J. Stroud leads the NFL in passing attempts on third downs, needing seven or more yards. He's 14 of 17 in those environments. Yep. Uh, one note on Kenny Pickett. The difference Why? between the Raiders defense and what he's faced this first two weeks could not be more different. So, like, oh. this is a maker. Like, we're doing maker breaks from week three, which is probably too soon to be doing maker breaks. I do Of the first half of the season. For sure. Uh, just to keep him in this tier – the Raiders defense, I mean, my Lord, they can't get any pressure. They're 31st against the pass last year. I think that maybe it's not to start Kenny Pickett anything, but I think to give you some more confidence, like a George Pickens or maybe a Pat Fryermuth bounce back, I do think that the Steelers will move the ball this week. Just to close this out, Desmond Ritter and then Mac Jones, and then obviously we put Colt McCoy at the top of Dog. the list. All right, there's your quarterbacks. Let's flip on over to the other onesie position, and it is tight ends time. The please save us tier, which – They've started to Travis Kelsey as your tight end one. Then we have TJ Hawkinson and Mark Andrews. Anything you want to outline with that group? Yeah, I think we're getting back to full health with Travis Kelsey after not looking like himself. And a lower snap, snap rate last week, too. Right. I think that'll all self-correct this week. There's about to score a million points. Hawkinson, talking about first and neutral pass rate, uh, top five in projected points as a team. I think the the linebacker play for the chargers is insulting so hawkinson projects well and then mark andrews 24 percent target share in his return so i think this is a very clear-cut top three um as we're waiting to get darren waller in a little bit healthier of a spot and a little bit easier of a matchup not going against fred warner in the 49ers yeah what does outline your tight end for right now in darren waller i mean if there's ever going to be a focal point of an offense, it's going to be Darren Waller this week. However, like you said, the matchup could not be worse against right. probably the team that has the best spine of the defense in the league. 
watching Fred Warner in zone coverage to is run the pipe. It's magical, magical stuff. Yeah, it is. Okay. In that same game, since we're saying on Thursday night football, George Kittle is your tight end five. Could no Brandon Ayuk help him? It better. Uh, he's been the tight end 22 <laughs> in routes, and that's just been the problem. And he just doesn't get as many targets as he deserves. But no Brandon Ayuk will certainly help that. And they're projected to score a million points. So, um, as you can tell, the rest of these tight ends were just praying for touchdowns. And like, I would rather pray for George Kittle touchdowns than, I don't know, uh, Sam Laporta touchdowns at this point. Evan Ingram is up next. He's facing the Houston Texans defense, a little feisty defense, but still, despite all that, the uh, Jaguars are projected to score like 27 points this week. And I think just like with Kittle and Ayuk, Zay Jones, if he can't play, he hasn't practiced out that knee. I think that makes at least things a little bit easier for Evan Ingram, just a little bit. Did you see, and we'll talk about in the wide receiver tiers, that Doug Pearson came out and said if Zay Jones can't go, uh, how pivotal their edge blocking is in two wide receiver set blocking is. So it might be like Tim Jones plays ahead of Christian Kirk in two wide receiver sets. Wow. So That would be something. Just a thought. Okay, next for you, Dalton Kincaid. And I love this. Um, I hate that Dawson Knox is missing practice, but if we ever get an opportunity for Dalton Kincaid to show off his true receiving skills, this might force him to be even more of a full-time player, despite nearly being a full-time player at this point and not producing huge tight end numbers so far. Yeah, he's been touchdown or bust, but he's been the tight end 11 in routes because the Bills are so pass-heavy second in neutral pace and pass rate. Um, they're projected for a bunch of points once again. Uh, yeah, it's just assuming Dawson Knox is out. I think that they're going to have to get Kincaid. Let's let's upgrade this. Let's not just do the check-in release out in the flat. Yes. Let's upgrade this just a little bit more. Um, so we'll see if they actually give Kincaid the full-time role because like just because Knox is out does not mean that Kincaid's flaws are just all of a sudden solved, but I just hope it means that like they are setting up for the game plan to feature Dalton Kincaid a little bit more than it would be. And we're still flipping coins for touchdowns. And I'd rather do that on the bills than these other offenses. Your way have consensus on this one. They have missed tight in 14 right now. And I'm with you. Like we've seen a bunch of. Hey, block for a moment, then release and catch the ball three yards down the field and see if you can make someone miss. As the game went along, especially his last catch last week, we saw him run down the seam, turn in front of the safeties, catch a ball deeper down the field. Let's do some of that. You know, this is this is the time for it, for sure. Okay, Jake Ferguson is up next. I don't think anyone would rank Jake Ferguson among their top eight tight ends, but you are. You're sitting on a ledge, Hayden Winks. Yeah, nobody has the tight end charts that I do. Look at freaking the Cowboys. Uh, by far, first in tight end usage, and a lot of that has been Jake Ferguson. He has not converted any of his touchdown opportunities. In fact, nope. Luke Schoonmaker. I think he has one, though. One. Doesn't Jake Ferguson have a touchdown? Uh, I think he might have one, but he's like projected to have like three, uh, according yeah. to my model. So it's he's been very disappointing in that category. He's a tight end two in usage, long story short. Wow. And the Cowboys are projected to score a million points against the Cardinals. And for years... We've been talking about how we should be targeting tight ends against the Arizona Cardinals. No Buda Baker on top of that. So I just think that we're projecting the tight ends to score touchdowns. I want them to be on the good teams. No, no better example than Jake Ferguson. Yeah, I love this. You are, again, very different than consensus. They have him as tight end 16 this week. And yeah, look, if once again Dak Prescott is asked to throw the ball 38 times, despite the opposition maybe scoring seven points, uh, he loves throwing to his tight ends, targeting his tight ends. Jake Ferguson is that guy. Okay, next. You're tight end nine on the next tier. Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is the tight end two. 
through two games a season. Yeah, and on tight end six usage, and he's also the tight end one in the amount of money he's making this year. His role is so sticky. Uh, Want to give credit to Bill O'Brien for keeping this offense functional. The Jets are a very difficult matchup. I guess you can make the argument that they're a more difficult matchup for wide receivers than tight ends because Sauce Gardner's not going to be covering Hunter Henry. Um, so I guess that's a good good thing for Hunter Henry. I just like trust that he's going to be on the field and I don't think that's going to change at all. Um, and he's been running hot in the red zone, and he's done that before. This is not like unprecedented. Right. It's like not shocking that Hunter Henry is good in the red zone. That's why he's been in the league for as long as he has been. And he is facing the New York Jets. You know, they have some safeties. They have some linebackers that can cover as well. Um, just something to keep in mind. Your 10 and 10 is David Njoku. Uh, if Deshaun Watson finally gets going, then hopefully it's through his tight end. I, I Yeah, I mean, look. We think that David Njoku, and you see it every once in a while, he took like one pass near the line of scrimmage last week, and he looks like a robot with his strides just like mm -hmm. lumbering down the field, but like still quickly and moving faster than you'd expect. It's tough when your quarterback is playing so poorly for you to create points at the tight end position. Yeah, I completely agree. But if we're going to do the pass funnel game, that means that David Njoku probably projects for a couple more targets. And I, I think yep. like if I, if I was like giving some advice to to Watson, throw the ball underneath to David Njoku, just get some cheap yards and let that big robotic legs get, get moving. Two rookies next, Sam Laporta. He is facing the Atlanta Falcons and Luke Musgrave. Luke Musgrave is facing the New Orleans Saints. So Laporta and Musgrave both have the role that you want for fantasy points. Laporta, 31 of 39 dropbacks last week, catching the ball. Uh, they're also live for, for touchdowns because the line is projected for 25 points. And Luke Musgrave, They've been 30th in plays because they ran against the Falcons. But Luke Musgrave, if you like really zoom in, tight end three in yards per route run, he's ran around on 80% of the dropback. So all we need is just the Packers to run more plays. Christian Watson tried to practice yesterday, did not practice today. So mm -hmm. they're still looking for some playmakers here. And I just don't think the Packers are going to end up being 30th in plays. He's just been uh, hurt by how few pass attempts uh, the Packers have had so far. All right, here we are, Artery in week three, and Dallas Goddard is the tight end 13 for you in projected points, and Kyle Pitts, the tight end 14. Any advice for the people out there? Yeah, uh, don't draft tight ends high next year. Uh, Dallas Goddard's tight end 30 in usage, Pitts tight end 18. Like, I love these players, but like... But the Goddard thing can, like, turn at any moment, you know? Sure. Like, because they have so many ways that they can win, Right. And the passing game, though, is the part that has not gotten going other than you said, like the one on one coverages that we've seen outside for Devonte Smith. Right now against like Levante David and Devin White and some safeties, it might be tough for Dallas Goddard. But like maybe that's a page that they turn to now to hopefully get it going, especially if the running game works and RFPOs off of that. I don't know. It's I, I, I totally get why the ranking is here, but obviously Dallas Goddard is not going to to me be like the tight end 14 in usage all season long he was that last year though like we we ranked him higher in fantasy before the season he's good. because because he's good and if something happens to aj brown or Devonte smith then goddard would be like in that the tight end four to eight range but the reality is he's been like the tight end 12 for like over a year now so it's time usage. for people to adjust we'll close out this tier with uh pat fryermuth i don't know if you want to say anything about that and then, um, yeah, go ahead. I, I don't have much to say. Okay. <laughs> he's just not, like, he just, it, another one. If not now, then when? You know, okay. like no Deontay Johnson. He's good. They should be able to move the ball in the freaking Raiders. Come on. 
The tight end 16 through 22. Let's just knock them out. Hate yep. it. Zach Ertz, Durham Smythe, Dalton Schultz, Cole Komet, introducing the world to Kylan Granson at this moment. Right. And then uh, Hayden Hurst. Durham Smythe, tight end four in routes run so far. Jalen Waddle out. You could do worse. Okay. All right. And then we close it out with uh, Taysom Hill and Jawan Johnson. Taysom Hill's an interesting one because if they don't have and they want Jamal Williams, if they don't trust Tony Jones, what who knows what's happening to Kendra Miller, I guarantee you we see an inside the five or ten yard carry for Taysom Hill in this game. Yeah, he is the one I might have to move up a tier just looking, waiting for some more confirmation. But it does seem like it's going to be Kendra Miller's season at running back. All right. And we close it out with uh, Chig Okwankwo. And I'll put, you know, your boy. Tyler Higby up there, and then Gerald Everett at the end. Okay, Hayden, get it ready. It's prime time. It's what the people come for. Sickos charts for the defense and special teams. Dallas Cowboys are beyond goaded. The Chiefs play the Chicago Bears. We know what happens when you play the Chicago Bears. 49ers against the Giants with all the linemen. They're out. Uh, Bill Belichick against Zach Wilson. You got to love that. Uh, The other ones that are kind of just fringy, we have the Jaguars. Uh, Browns, Ravens, Seahawks, Bills, Jets. These are the best ones looking at it, and the ones you're fading are obviously up there. So those are the the sicko charts. And then if you want my fantasy kicker rankings, you have to go to Underdog Network. Quickly, we know that people already have the Baltimore Ravens stashed. If Anthony Richardson doesn't play, even if he does, you're playing the Baltimore Ravens defense. What about someone like the Seattle Seahawks when you're facing mm-hmm. you know, Andy Dalton instead of Bryce Young? Not that it matters too much, but yeah, they're right there for you. Well, my question is to you is going to be no. Don't what do happens, this. Don't, don't say anything. Projected more no. points. Be, you're going to say things that you that's regret. Going to happen. No, I'm you're just going saying to say right now. For right now, Andy Dalton, according to Vegas, is a better quarterback than Bryce Young. For right now, I don't make the rules. Vegas does. You're Enough. going to say things that you regret. Um. All right, that's going to do it for us. We're going to be back tomorrow, Friday after Thursday night football. For your wide receivers, because there's a lot of news that's coming in, and we want to try to get all the information correctly. Again, go and play Pick'em. Go and play Pick'em. Follow me on Twitter. We hit a 20x last week. We might do it again this week. And most importantly, be on the lookout for our Sunday morning show, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. We'll be answering your start-sit questions for two hours. All right. Up the villa. We'll talk to y'all soon.